Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Constructive Criticism. It's episode 492, and I gotta, I gotta say something, Abe. Does it look like I'm, do I look like a guy that just took another job in software with the haircut and the plaid, and I, like, looked at my look today. It's the plaid that sells it. It's just... The plaid, the plaid is 100%. Congratulations on, <laughs> on staying a tech bro. You did it. <laughs> I think, I think even the, the fact you pushed the hair up just a little bit more today to go with it, it really it really sells the vibe. You're going to crush it. So, fun fact, like, this is actually what my hair does naturally. Like, there's no product in it today. Uh, I usually, like, comb, comb it over a little bit, have it shorter. But the, the lady at the barber shop, like, she's cutting my hair and she's like, the last notes that we have from you are from 2019. And I was like, yeah. She's like, what do you mean, yeah? I was like, yeah, I've had the same haircut since 2019 like what do you want from me right now so then like she's cutting it and she's like hey you want to do this i was like no don't take anything off the top and she's like well i wish you'd have told me earlier i would have done something different with your hair and i was like well we can next time but you already guilted me into not doing what i was gonna do so now we're gonna do something we can next time in five years (laughs) (laughs) too funny uh you know it wasn't always improving moment for me you gotta you gotta mix it up, like you know. It's just hair; it grows back if you don't like it. I happen to have loved it, just like I love this segment. Always improving on the show. Every week we talk about things that we've been doing to improve lately. And I kind of took a break, uh, to be honest. Um, I, th- I don't know if I said it on the show last week that I was accepting a new job offer, um, but I start a new job time of recording tomorrow morning. I'm very excited about it, and kind of just took time. Like uh, I played, I played, I, I birded some challenges. I did, like, my normal stuff, but as far as, like, how much magic that I was playing in standard, like, the weeks leading up to this, where, you know, I was playing probably, like, an event a day at the very least, like, I, I really took really took a step back, uh, played some v- more some video games, like, got some stuff uh, done for, like, my nerd channel, like, just really honed in on, like, being sure that I'm prepared to have a job, continue doing content, stuff like that, while also, you know... Uh, you know, being a dad and, you know, being preparing to, to do onboarding work for a full-time job, stuff like that. So I, I, I think that we don't say it enough when we do take those moments away from like, oh, like I have all this prep, like I'm already in a pretty good place in standard. I have a standard RCQ this weekend that I'm going to play in. Um, you know, after that, uh, I, I got to prep for like a, a, a tr- team trios event, stuff like that. Decided I'm skipping Denver. I was going to go and try to LCQ but with a new job I'm not going to, so I don't have to really focus on as much stuff. But, like, those moments need to happen. Uh, you know, I, I think that we'll probably get into it later in the show, wink, wink, with our special guest, uh, Stephen Dykeman. But, like, burnout's real, and, like, if you put yourself in a position to just tear yourself apart, it's not going to be successful, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it, right, it seems like it's like, oh, well, you didn't do anything to get better at magic. It's like, you know what's make me better at magic? When I'm not freaking out because I'm way behind and making sure I'm ready to to do my job, right? Like, being able to have that that taken care of in advance and, and being set up to to have that on-ramp and still have that time to push, it it just makes you a better magic player. Having your house in order makes everything a lot easier. Um, as for me and my always improving moment this week, uh, I spent a lot of time uh as you know i'm kind of balancing the like preparing for the pro tour and pioneer and preparing for the rc in modern i spent a lot of time playing uh like different modern decks and specifically rhinos 
a deck that I had not played a lick of um, in its entire time in Modern, around the time that it was like the best, like a, a deck that people would play. I was kind of down on it, didn't make a lot of sense to me, and I was really uh, having a good time playing Hammer. And I played against it uh, quite a bit in my time playing Modern, but I never played with it. And especially, this is my first time really touching Modern in that capacity, outside of just like playing jamming Scam since um, since Tidebinder came out and also since uh like playing decks that aren't just scam with the one ring in the format uh so it's been a really really cool learning experience to uh just start to get another deck under my belt and uh really learn the ins and outs of it because like currently especially on the heels of like what we talked about um in our episode last week about modern um you know i, re- I think it still is one of the two best decks i mean as of the time of recording this i believe it won every modern challenge over the weekend or it won like three like two or three of the major events over the weekend on moto uh, i know one of them was a rhino's mirror um and it just seems to be a really good deck that's really well positioned a uh, good time for me to be getting getting into it and starting to get the reps and so that's what i really focused on in terms of, of things in addition to my uh time i've been spending just kind of doing the rounds in Pioneer, trying out different decks and different strategies and, and kind of honing on what I think is going to be like well-positioned or, or what's needing what ahead of the, the new set coming out. But that's that's been most of my week. It's been uh, like a, a pretty pedestrian, like, oh, I just started learning the best, like what is considered the best deck in modern, but, uh, you know, got to do it eventually. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty impressive so far. I love it. I, you know, I also think that like, it's really easy when you're in like in a deck for like a season, right? To have like some the, the evolutions of other things happening. You really can only focus on like what's impacting you. And as you like pick up a deck, and this is what we say, you know, all the time on the show, right? It's like learning a new deck teaches you things about that deck that you can learn in no other way. And so I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good perspective to always try to get. All right, if you want to support the show, one of the best ways to do that is go to patreon.com slash ccmtg. Become a patron yourself. Uh, we really appreciate it. Like, it, it's the coolest thing. I, I really love seeing the community. Abe, you gave a huge shout-out last week on the show to the Discord and and just, like, the, the value that you feel like that, that Discord is bringing. And what was funny enough is, like, literally in coaching, I brought up, like, somebody was like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, thinking of playing the Yellow Man 5 deck. I was like, you know, like... You're, you're already a patron in our Discord. Do you know that he did, like, a whole thread in our Discord about this deck and talked to people? And I, I just think that, like, building a community with that, that type of value is just really cool. Yeah, and that's something that we, you know, not to not to spoil the surprise here and what we talked about in the interview, but a, a big theme and what we talked about with Steven that you're going to hear um, after this is just the, the community uh, and, and the ability to have a network and... The Patreon Discord is a really good jumping off point for you if you feel like you need that or want just another place to bounce ideas off of players who are hungry and and, and working on it actively. And it continues to be that way. I've, I've had people who approach me for coaching and I'm like, you know, if, if this is, you know, if, if this is good, but it's not like, you know, something you consistently do, you're going to get you're gonna get a lot of bang for your buck out of it. So, uh, yeah, continues to be the best. I'm, I'm hyping it up. 2024 is the year of the Patreon Discord. Everybody get in. <laughs> I love it. It's also the year of our amazing sponsor over at untap.gg. Use the link in the show notes to use our affiliate link. Also, like, that's just something that comes up for me so much. 
Um, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that because of the sponsorship, uh, you know, I, and I, I've got a, a pro account on, on there for the CC MTG account that I get to use. And like, uh, I came up as I was like drafting the other day. Uh, I, I posted this in the, the Discord, but I don't know if you saw my 7-0 draft that I was like, is this the worst draft deck in history? And people were like, no, it's fine. Like, you just don't have removal. And I was like, well, that makes it a pretty big, bad draft deck to me. But, you know, you get the insights from GG right there while you're drafting if you're, like, learning, trying to learn how to do a draft format and things like that. Um, as well as, you know, I, I've always said, like, just the, you know, being able to, like, look up, like, okay, what's in my deck really quickly as I'm going through games Things like that. Just it's it, the plugin is really cool. So so check that out. Let's dive in though to our main topic with our guest Stephen Dykeman. And welcome our guest here, NRG champion, NRG player of the year. But more importantly to me, and something I gotta initially just jump off the bat for two time state champion Stephen Dykeman. Stephen, I gotta ask what years, man. I got two behind me too, so I gotta know. What two years? Uh, oh my, oh my gosh! Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to <laughs> give me a sec here. I have to look that up, man. It's been, it's it's been a long time. That was like early in my career. I think that was TCG player, if I remember right, who ran those. Yeah. Um, so I got I got me... one from Champs, but I don't remember. It's like All the right. end of give, Champs. So I don't know. Give me a sec here. That is. That's a great question. Too deep of a cut? Did I go too deep there, Abe? (laughs) Once the NRG Series player of the year, you forget about the state championship. Yeah. That was the the old, we're in a bigger realm here. We're definitely way back in the day. Let's see. All right, here's states 2015. So almost 10 years ago. I was was 19 at that time. So really long time ago. I played uh, green-white green white tokens i think let me click this i i remember this right. i remember gideon, this Nista, yeah we made evolutionary rock. leap Avacyn. Yep. death death miss raptor gideon dromoka's command still oh Rap- the death miss raptor deck the elvis uh-huh. mystic death mist magic or yeah 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 yep. avatar the resolute was in this one warden of the first tree hanger back is that your second state champion or your first one i think that was my Oh, your first, first. Oh, that was like that's that deck sounds like the Rally Era deck. That was the the Green White Scales deck. Yeah, it might have been. Let me see. You got Avatron Maybe. Resolute. That was a deck that like popped up because it could clock the ramp decks and like I just know too much about the Sandworks. It was the first one I qualified for a PTN. But, oh, okay. Uh, but that's like that was a deck that, that popped up like towards or towards the end, right before the rotation, before Rally really popped up. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that I I think this may have been my second one to be honest, and I'm not sure what my first one was. It's not showing up on Goldfish, so probably even older than this. Oh but, man, gotta dig through MTG top eight. I guess right. so. Yeah. Where have yeah, you been doing I, this? You got it's you. Yeah, there's different there's different places you can find them. There back in the day, the way that I found it, like was like you'd look up the SEG decklist dumps, but you could like sort by different tournaments. So, okay. But darn, two time state champ, but now NRG Player of the Year and champion Stephen Dykeman. That was deep enough cut. How are you doing, man? Pretty good, dude. Uh, it was a uh, really exciting. Uh, Last week, last weekend for me, obviously. This weekend was pretty nice, too, honestly, with the Lions winning their first uh, playoff game in 32 years. Uh, there's not a lot of not a lot of winning that goes on in, in Detroit, especially in the NFL. So that was uh, really, really cool to see yesterday. Um, 
but yeah, uh, I'm feeling feeling really good. It was obviously a really really exciting weekend. Um, both my teammates, Chris Smith and Kyle Gonzalez, were also in the uh, on the um, field of 16 too. So our our team um, Switch Gaming had a had a really really good year. Um, and Kyle was in, uh, made it all the way through to top eight with me too, which was really, really cool. Um, and both, both Chris and Kyle have, have really good, really good careers ahead of them. I'm pretty sure, uh, if they stay involved in the game. So, um, it was, it was really, really cool. The, the entire experience was, was awesome. Um, but obviously winning it, you know, really, uh, really, really made it, made it feel even better, but. So I gotta, you kind of started out the year pretty hot and kind of just got to like ride the wave a little bit. Can you talk about yep. that really quick? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that first weekend, obviously win both events. Um, and then that was, that was really nuts. That, that gave me a nice lead for most of the year. Um, and then, yeah, the, the rest of the season was, I mean, the next event I think was Minneapolis, if I remember correctly. And, um, the first event I played a deck that I had been streaming, um, which was a, and it was Pioneer. It was a Saturday uh, event. So it was their 10K, I believe. And uh, it, I, I played this like Raksak deck, but it had Voldaren Thrillseeker and Dreadhorde Bitcher in it. So it was like a little different than the traditional Raksak builds. But I did think the deck was a lot better into like Lotus Field. Um, which is why I played the deck. You, uh, Dreadhorde Butcher is really good at just like winning the game. The deck had like potential turn four kills because you could go. Um, I forget if you if you went turn two Dreadhorde Butcher and then Voldaren Thrill Seek to the Butcher on four. It was like I think exactly twenty damage through through the two attacks that the Butcher would do and then the the damage and then throwing it at him uh, on turn four. Um, so you had like a much quicker clock than normal Raxac, which was pretty cool. Um, but one of the big issues with the deck was that Dreadhorde Butcher is a much, much better card when you're on the play and a much, much worse card when you're on the draw. And so that can kind of be an awkward card in a lot of other matchups. Um, but anyway, the deck the deck was still really good. Um, I almost top aided that event. That was my first event, actually, where I met Fletcher Johnson, who ended up being one of the uh, players who ended up really competing for my uh, first place spot at the end of the year. Um, we were in a spot where... It looked like we could maybe draw in, but he was a little bit on the bubble, so he ended up making us play with Lotus, and he was, you know, he was really, really, a really good uh, Lotus player all year. He played at almost every event, and he was by far my best Lotus opponent in that event. I think I played it three times, so I got pretty rewarded for playing that Dreadhorde Butcher version of Raksak. I did go 2-1 and one against Lotus that weekend, but I did not beat him, unfortunately for me. So he top-aided that one. I didn't. Um, and then the next day, I played, like, this very bizarre squadron hawk like modern deck that i honestly shouldn't have touched at all but one of my buddies jordan litsky was like hey this deck's sweet you should try it and i'm like oh whatever i've got to put good point lead I'll, I'll have fun this weekend with this modern deck and it was a cool deck but it was just you know it was basically just a way worse version of four color um and when i played against four color i'm i'm over here casting squadron hawks and my opponent's casting omnaths and karugas and drawing just way more cards i, I remember this more... deck because somebody sent me your list <laughs> in coaching <laughs> and i was like i don't know what this is man like so dude it's uh it's a it's a pile it's it, a pile it's something because like it. people are like what do you think about like like you know when somebody like what do you think that like this says that somebody of this caliber would like be playing this and you're like you don't know why he played this deck you have no 
no idea. Yeah, the the reason I mean, I I traditionally love the like white, dirtily, derpy mid-range piles in modern. I think they're a lot of fun, even in not in modern. There's like uh, one that Claudio has been playing recently in standard, and now some other people have started picking it up where it's like basically last season's white mid-range deck, but they splash black for Breach the Multiverse uh, and some other stuff. And on my most recent stream, actually, we we played that deck, and uh, it, it was very good. Made it like top 500 a Mythic um, on Arena, which was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I just, I really like those kind of decks. Uh, I would not, I would not advise anybody to, to pick up that deck. Probably it's certainly not a tier one deck in modern. If, if you're trying to have fun and that deck looks fun to you, go for it. But if you're, if you're trying to win tournaments, it, it, that is almost certainly not the right deck to play. Um, and you know, I, I kind of knew that going into that weekend. So it was probably just not a great deck to pick up for that weekend, but I had a nice point lead. I wanted to have fun. Um, at that time, I had not found a modern deck I really enjoyed. Obviously, I, I did win that event with Rhinos, but I honestly do not like Rhinos very much at all. I think that deck is quite boring. Um, I just think that, you know, it, it's really powerful, but I think I think there is certainly a limit to, like, how, how many actual decisions you get to make in that deck. There's some interesting ones, but overall, especially at that time, you didn't have Flame of Anor yet. You didn't have um, Tidebinder yet. So it was a lot of just like, does my opener have a cascade effect? You know, does it have a shardless agent or a violent outburst? If it doesn't, I'm going to mulligan. Um, and that was, you know, a, to, you know, kind of the extent of your gameplay in a lot of game ones, which I, I, I just, I don't really enjoy that that much. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that, that's anyway, why I played that, that white deck. Um, and then, you know, I won't go into huge detail about all the tournaments I played this season, but. Yeah, I kind of, like you said, I, I kind of rode the wave. I, I went to all the events. Most of them I did pretty well in. I had a, a few pretty bad ones. Um, Detroit uh, in Modern was really bad for me. I went like three and five or something with Amulet. It was kind of a disaster. Um, Kyle Gonzalez was was doing his best to try and coach me and and make me good at that deck. And I think I think I was like honestly fine with that deck. I definitely had some some rough beats that weekend, but. You know, I'm obviously not the level he is, or even uh, my uh, one of my other two teammates, Dewey Boo, also plays a lot of uh, Amulet. Um, definitely a deck I, I want to try and work on and get better in, in the future. It's a really good deck to have in your wheelhouse. But, um, you know, most, most of the events went pretty well for me, but a lot of the other players at the top uh, were, you know, they didn't have the kind of weekend I had necessarily where I like won two in a row. Although Kyle Gonzalez was very close in Detroit. He won modern and then he lost in top four to Ben Unger. Um, and at the end of the season, that's a lot of the reason he took the point lead from me for about 18 hours on that last weekend is he also almost had a double, a double championship weekend, which is obviously insane. But um, yeah, uh, kind of rode the wave, uh, did, did typically very well in Pioneer. I had one where I didn't play Rakdos. I played Heroic, had a pretty rough weekend, and then every other event I played Rakdos. I don't think I had a worse finish than X and 2 at any event with Rakdos. Um, so, um, yeah, it was it was a sweet season. Uh, obviously pretty stressful at the end there when, when Kyle caught me for a day and then a lot of people were really close, but you know, that I brought Rakdos to that tournament and I was like, well, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring the deck I'm most comfortable with. I know this deck is good. It had been doing really well at the Japan um, RC that weekend, despite the Quintorius deck taking off. Rakdos was still looking really good in Japan. So I was like, oh, I'm playing this immediately. The Japanese think it's good. I, I believe them. 
So I'm, I'm going right back to it and, and it ended up being really good. So uh, I was happy with it. Almost top eight at that one. Lost to uh, Robert Taylor, funny enough, in the uh, last round of, of uh, Madison to not top eight that. But fortunately for me, Fletcher Johnson also lost. So he did not take my, my top spot. That's awesome. Uh, it kind of culminated in a pretty cool clip that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm sure that you've people have talked to you about this clip already, but you know, let's talk about it. Uh, sure. you, you have this moment uh, at the last movie, you're like, oh, I guess I'm going to make the obvious blocks. Yeah, That's what you say, and then you go ahead and make the obvious blocks. What are you thinking at that exact moment? Oh, dude, just so. I don't know if for the for the viewers if everybody could hear Hobbs was basically talking through his combat for about I would say what I mean it felt like a really long time for me it felt like an eternity because I'm just praying please attack please attack please attack because he's he's literally talking about how if I have a spell in my hand he can only put me to one he's already done all the math he's talking it out verbally um and he, he's obviously trying to figure out if he wants to make the attack so if I have a spell and he's he's made it pretty obvious that he has nothing in his hand. If I have a spell and he has nothing, he will die in the crack bag. Um, so he's just like trying to figure out if he wants to attack. And the whole time I'm just, I'm just, you know, trying to like not even look at him, just not, not try to signal that I have a spell or don't have a spell. Um, and he eventually just says, screw it. I'm making the attack and then makes the attack. And he's already walked through how I'm going to block and all this. So he had literally already said this was the obvious block. So that was why I said I'll make the obvious block is because he had already, you know, I'm not usually going to be the guy who's like, oh, I'm going to make the obvious block. But I don't know. It feel, feels like a little bit. Of I don't know. It was a good clip. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, but anyway, he already, he already said that. That's why I said that. Um, and then, yeah, obviously he, he had nothing and, and I had the crack back for the win. So, yeah, that was uh that was pretty crazy when he when he started talking about how he was going to make the attack. I'm like, oh my god, I, I'm going to win. You know, it's like, but in both those games, like, I thought I was going to lose both those games. I was miles behind in both. The first one especially, well, all, both of them I was crazy behind. Um, the first one was really nuts though because I drew like three one ofs in a row to even have a chance to win. I drew the one of go blank into the one of Kroxa, I believe, into the one of Archine, just like one of one of one of all in a row, which was like so insane um but obviously it was pretty for those that watch game one it was pretty not like i thought seized him he was on a multi six i took his fable he top decks thought sees takes my fable and then top decks bank buster which he had two of and i had four of in my deck so it was obviously pretty frustrating for me when he drew the bank buster and then i don't have a bank buster and then things start really slipping away in game one but you know it ended up all working out okay in the end but it was not looking good for me in game one or game two. I fell miles behind in game two as well. Um, I drew all the bank busters instead of none of them and got kind of flooded on them and, and couldn't do couldn't do all the things I needed to be able to do early, but was was able to still hang around um, and and just barely get out of it. So I I it was kind of funny because like I thought I thought to myself while I was watching the clip, I was like, man, dude, me at the end of some of those long tournament days like i think like all of us who have like been on the grind like we could see ourselves in you a little bit there we're like 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 i'm the type of person that you know you'll see me at different times in the tournament where, like, my head my hands are up here my my you know just just depending on where my mental's at yeah and, and i don't know i, I don't know I, I could really see myself kind of you were you were the people's champion at least to me in that moment yeah man i um and 
I, I was definitely feeling some amount of pressure um, in, in the, you know, especially on day two. But, you know, it was it was really for me, it was just, you know, all day. I was just trying to think to myself, OK, you know, you just, you just got to play well. Just don't make mistakes, play clean and, and hopefully things will, will work out. Um, and I think I did a pretty good job of that overall. I maybe could have played a little better in, in some spots, obviously, as you know, I'm sure anybody in the room could say that about some amount of games. Um, but overall, I think I played pretty well. And yeah, like, you know, like I've, I've said, you know, a few times, things definitely broke my way when I needed them to. Um, you kind of need that to win that that caliber of tournament. I mean, there were a lot of very, very good players in that room. I think there were already three or four players qualified for the Pro Tour before I got the qualification there. Um, so just a, a really, really, really talented room of uh, Magic players. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, I... <laughs> I was I was a little relieved that I didn't have to take on Raja in the finals too. He's my friend. I want to see him win, but he he's always a really hard guy to beat. Always one of the, one of the best players in the room. So it was it was a little bit of relief um, when when I saw that I was playing against Hobbs instead of him. And I had also done a lot of testing with Raja too. So we just like we we knew each other's. It would I, it, it would have been just harder because he would have known like my game plans and stuff and some of excuse me some of the matchups. So. Okay. So, something that uh, you know, the energy series really has, I like since um, since like lockdown and then kind of the release of that has been like the the circuit in the U.S. Yeah. That, that's been as far as like coverage and everything. The SUGs have kind of uh, fallen off off there. Yep. But it was really cool seeing how much um, turnover there was year to year. Now this is the second real year of, of there being the champs. And everything yeah. uh, in, in a full uninterrupted season. Um, and I know that you were kind of a player who was at a lot of them, uh, you know, last year um, ahead of this champs. Uh, yeah. And then what what's that kind of been like as far as the culture of the scene there? Um, like, has it been a lot of those players who were in it in 2022 into 2023? Were uh... yeah, most most of them are still there. Some are not, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty consistent um, pretty consistent group, especially at the top there. Um, it's a really really fun event series. I really like um, Norm. He's the the tournament organizer and our uh, the owner of NRG, I believe, and a really cool guy. Um, yeah, if you would have, it's funny because if if you would have told me like six years ago or whatever that because NRG was a thing then, but it was like the really small circuit at that mm -hmm. time. If you would have told me six years ago, I'd be qualifying for the pro tour from NRG. I, I would have said you were insane. You know, I used to, I used to like not, I, I used to skip NRGs to go play like any of the other series right. Because at the time it made more sense for me to do that as a player whose goal was to get back to the pro tour. Um, NRG was not at that time, the, the series where that was, you know, what made sense for me to do. Like, yeah, I could go like win a 5k or whatever it was, or, you know, but it, it, to me, that didn't really matter to me. I, I wanted to, um, you know, be, be at the bigger, the bigger tournament. So initially, you know, I was, I was really invested in GPs, um, way back in the day. I didn't even put like a ton of focus into SCG at first either. Cause I was really, really trying to grind the Grand Prix circuit and, uh, get back on the pro tour. Um, but yeah, so it's really cool to see how much they've grown, um, and hopefully they will they will continue to do that. They're a really cool, cool tournament series, and uh, it's it's awesome that we we still have something to go do because, like you said, SCG is 
certainly certainly fallen off a little bit and their uh just the entire structure of how they do things is just miles different than what it used to be um i will say though it'll it'll be interesting to see now scg i think is yeah they have the regional the championships yeah so it, it's going to be interesting to see what that is like and if if that puts if that like kind of brings them back a little bit i'm i'm really interested to see how everything will uh will happen there happen there but it's so funny you kind of i guess you really already touched on this but i was kind of curious kind of looking at uh doing research for you know having a guest (laughs) on the show i guess uh you know some of your featured matches that came up was on the scg tour and i'm kind of curious like how much how much of how much of the energy and what they're doing now spoke to you because of the way the scg tour was back in the day Oh, I mean, it's it's very similar, honestly. It's it's you know, I think I think the the players at the top, I think, are equally as talented as as a lot of those SCG uh, grinders were, um, and it it feels to me, you know, kind of like SCG when SCG was still because there was a time where SCG was obviously a little smaller than what it eventually became. It eventually became like a a, a pretty a pretty huge series. Um, but it, but it, when I was like first getting into magic, like SCG was even still kind of in that like growing stage. I um, mean, it, it kind of feels like that, you know, it's, and, and I, I hope to, uh, you know, I hope to see, see the tournament series keep, keep getting bigger. And it, like I said, it's just, it's really nice that, that we still have a series that we can go, go play in. And it's especially uh, good that there's a pro tour invite attached to it because that you know for me you know like I, I i qualified for my last pro tour almost seven years ago and i've been trying to get back ever since and so that you know the fact that there was this pro tour invite on the line is why i so diligently went to every single event this this season um i remember when i when i figured out uh, when I found out that there was a pro tour invite attached to this championship, because the last one they didn't have that, they just got it this year um, for this series <clears throat> for the championship. Um, it was uh, I was I was really excited about that, and I think that was the this I found it out the same weekend I won the back to backs, and I was like, holy smokes, you know, this is this is huge. This is even <laughs> even bigger than I thought it was. I thought it was just like you know a really good clout type thing or whatever. But I, at the time, I kind of just went to that tournament to have a good time and and yeah. play some magic. It was shortly before RC San Diego, um, but yeah, um, was uh, obviously awesome. So uh, let's kind of take take a trip down memory lane. I'm kind of curious, sure. like you know, thinking back on it, is there is there anything you learned this year, like really big learning moments that you can share with listener? Yeah, so I think you know, for for players that are that are really trying to level up and um, kind of progress in in tournaments in tournament series like this or just in really big events um one one thing that i think really helped me um especially going into this championships and i did it a few times throughout the season as well is when you feel like a deck is really well positioned in the format like i felt uh for example murktide was going into this tournament and i i did earlier on in in this energy season as well um i think it's really important to recognize people that you may know or people that you can reach out to uh, that will be willing to help you and give you some advice on on those decks because obviously I, I've kind of alluded to this one of my like big specialties I think in magic is just like the the black mid-range decks in general 
Uh, that's typically my my best archetype in in any given format. Um, so, like I said, Rakdos mid range is is one that I'm like super comfortable with. Um, don't think I, you know I need a ton of a ton of input from other people on to really know what I'm doing. But you know, decks like Murktide, decks like Amulet, like I was talking about, um, it, it's important to be able to reach out to other players and kind of ask them, hey, you know. What are what are the card choices I should maybe make this weekend if I expect this meta game? Why would I do that? You know, can you can you kind of walk me through this? Um, I reached out to both Sarah Sehearing and um, Twinless Twin uh, before this past uh, weekend to try and get their input on Merktide because um, Sarah was my opponent when I won the modern event with rhinos she was my opponent in the finals and then i i did some testing with her for some of the rcs as well and then um <clears throat> obviously uh max twinless twin plays murktide just all the time it's like his his bread and butter so uh, i reached out to him too and was just kind of asking them both you know what cards make sense in the sideboard if i expect this to be the given metagame why would why would it make sense over other cards stuff like that just trying trying to gain an understanding um, and then, uh, I would say Merc, Merctide was the deck I was like most worried about going into the event because I had the, had the least reps with it. And as we were talking about before the, uh, before the podcast today, I really feel like Merctide is, you know, very, it's very decision dense. There's a lot of, a lot of decision points in Merctide, which is pretty different than, than say like Rhinos, like I was talking about earlier, or like sometimes, you know, scam, there are not a ton of decision points. You keep your grief hand, you take the two obvious good cards in their hand, and then you kind of play a top deck for Merktide's not that way. Merktide, you're casting stuff like Preordain, you're casting Expressive Iteration. You always need to be aware what cards you're drawing to. Um, it's really important to know what you're looking for. Uh, so I think it's really important to, uh, to have reps in with that deck. So I, I really tried to test that one really aggressively before the event so i i felt comfortable casting cards like prudain and expressive iteration and just really knowing what cards i needed when i needed them um and i i think i i did a pretty good job of that i actually played i think i played murktide more than anything else i only played two rounds of standard so i played modern and in most most of my um most of my event or most of my uh matchups uh over the past weekend so it it did pay off pretty well uh, are there any mistakes from the last year that you like? Wish you could go back and be like, Stephen. Like, well, oh, we talked about we talked about that mono white squadron hawk pile. That that was probably that that one would definitely be I would consider a mistake. That was that was me uh me me being a, a little bit arrogant I think and and playing a playing a deck and and not actually you know n not just playing a good deck. I should have just played played a deck that made more sense. Um, that was me just kind of spewing points on the leaderboard, which could have cost me at the end because it was really, really close. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I tried playing Heroic at one of the tournaments. Um, and I, I generally believed Heroic was a good deck going into that weekend. I, I had a really bad read on what the metagame was going to look like. Typically at that time, NRG had had a lot of mono green presence. Um, and I expected that to continue going into that weekend because Mono Green had just done very well in a super on Moto. Um, but it was interesting because Mono Green, like the week before, had done terribly at RCs. But I thought that the paper metagame would catch up with the Moto metagame. Uh, but that was not the case at all. People just 
kind of ignored that moto result, stuck with the, oh, mono green is bad because it did bad at an RC, and almost nobody was on mono green in the entire room. So I thought Rakdos was going to be down that weekend, and mono green would be, you know, at the same level or up, and it was actually like the total opposite. Mono green was almost not in the room at all, and then Rakdos was super popular, which is typically one of the harder matchups for heroics. So round one, I get paired into A. Adams, who at the last tournament I had played them, uh, they were on um, mono green, and they uh, reveal Gigantha and, you know, play to like a witch's oven on turn one. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, so those yeah. are hard days. Yeah, yeah, those are hard days. It's like, well, you know, it is what it is. Some, sometimes you don't you don't have the, the right meta read. Um, but, you know, fortunately, uh, fortunately, I, I did have a pretty good read into champs, which is when it mattered the most, I guess. So. You win some, you lose some. And then that weekend was definitely an example of uh, of me losing <laughs> on the medic on the medical. I I gotta ask, like, you know, this this will be something that, like, you know, you'll be like, you know, eighty years old, and when I was blah blah blah, right? Like, it's it's an experience that you'll have your whole life. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of like, what do you hope people can take away or learn from this year for for you? Um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, it's, if, if, if you enjoy playing magic as much as I do, you know, just stick to it, keep, keep playing, keep grinding away. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really do anything, you know, crazy, crazy special. I played games to prep for these tournaments. You know, I, I think, um, one, one really big thing, one really big thing that, that helps, that helps me be successful and has helped me be successful for the past you know, like five years or whatever, longer than that even, um, is, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for the people, the resources that I have, the people I know. Um, team Swish provides me with with cards. Uh, my teammates are the ones who, who own all these cards. It's, you know, never, I, like, I, I hardly own any cards at all. So um, it, it's really, it's been a really imperative thing for me throughout my career that I, you know, that I have these, these friends and resources and, and people who help me out and provide me with the things I need. Um, so that's been really big. Um, and, uh, and obviously they also helped me a ton, like just getting in games and, and learning decks and, and all that. So I'm, I'm very thankful for, for my friends and, and teammates, but you know, ab above all else, they're, they're my friends and, and they have my back and, and they, uh, they, they, uh, they're they're the real the real people behind all this and you know my my family my girlfriend you know all all the people who who are behind the scenes supporting uh me doing what i love to do it's uh that's i think really key it's really key to have a good support system um and and i uh i do indeed have that so um but yeah i think i think that's a, a really big thing for me i love that one um kind of my next question was uh, what does somebody do to be in your seat next year? We had, you know, we had, we had the, the NRG champion on last year. We've got you on this year, you know, and what's, what's really funny is we actually had Jess on last year too, uh, you know, oh, okay. and, and, you know, she talked a lot about the series and then we had, we had Connor on and it, it like, I, I think that people, one thing that I, I think, you know, magic players have a problem with is like diminishing other people's like accomplishments or like yeah this, this there's a, there's a lot of that which is you know i mean that's that's unfortunate but that's you know when you really think about it 
and I don't I don't mean to interrupt here. No, no, you're good. Uh, I just I just <laughs> think that like there is also a group that like is looking at you as like I want to be where right. he, where Steven is next year. And what would you say to yep. those people? It, it, you know, play play a lot of games. Find find a, a support system. You know, find it find a group of player group of people that will help you reach your goals. Um. And, uh, and, and just, you know, play, play a lot. Um, but don't, you know, it's, it's also important to not burn yourself out. Like I don't, you know, I, I played a lot before champs, but like a lot, a lot of those energies, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I have the opportunity that I get to just stream the game for, you know, six, six hours a day. So I, I get a lot of games in just from doing that. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't do a ton of testing outside of stream time. If I can help it, I I'll, I'll do it for like really big events, like for the pro tour. I, I have a testing team. I'll be playing with them off the stream and stuff like that, but it's, it's important to not burn yourself out. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's so, you know, don't, don't get too crazy, but it, it, you know, make sure you get in games. And like I said, above all else, kind of find that support system, but to, to go back to your point about how a lot of magic players do, do diminish uh, certain accomplishments that it, you know, I don't, I don't even think that's necessarily completely a magic player thing. Right. I just think that's like, to me, that kind of feels like a competition thing. Like you see that a lot in sports too, right? Like, you know, analysts and, and stuff, you know, you know, I, I hate to, to rub it into any Cowboys fans here or whatever, but like the Cowboys have made the playoffs for like the last like however many years. Right. But now they're like talking about firing their coach and all this stuff because they lost in the playoffs. And maybe that's the right thing for them to do. Maybe it's not. But, you know, it, it really it, it all it's all in perspective. What you know, what you how you want it. I think what matters with accomplishments is just like, how do you view them? Right. It, it doesn't really matter what how how other people view your stuff like at the end of the day i am I'm, I'm proud of of uh, you know what i was able to accomplish this year and you know maybe maybe some people will diminish it maybe they won't um but i you know i, I think it's just you know if it's an accomplishment to you you know if, if going to your fnm and 5-0ing your fnm is is an accomplishment for you then that's awesome you know and that if that's you know where you're at and and a goal that that you have then then you know hold your head high and, and be proud of it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just important to, I, I just kind of, kind of ignore, ignore the outside, the outside stuff. And, you know, if, if, if you're accomplishing your goals, then, then you should be proud of that. Um, I think, I think that's really important. I really love that you said that. I, I have some people in coaching where I've, you know, it's like, honestly, your number one problem right now is your confidence and your, your, your negative self-talk. And like yeah. that, that isn't fixed through coaching. Like that's actually, no. it's like, yeah, that, that, that's, that's mental. Yeah. yeah, that's something you need to like, be able to go in and say like, you know, you need to go in and say what your goals are, what your aspirations are. And, and when you do something right, like give yourself the same amount of praise that you are really hard on yourself when you're negative. And I think that it's, it's hard to do that, right? Like it, it, we, I don't know about, all of our listeners, but I know for the three of us and how long we've been playing, there was a long time where magic got really self-negative and like, it was cool to be self-negative. Right. And yep. I, I agree with you that like competition also is that like when, when the Lakers won the championship in the bubble, people were like, it doesn't even count. And it's like, that's, exactly. That's not how this works. Um, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's always that though with like with competition, right? I've, I've followed sports my entire life. Um, it's probably my my biggest love outside of magic is is sports and 
you know, yeah, it's 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 just it's always that way. Every year, every sport, no matter what it is, you know, if if you don't win it all, and then even if you win it all, then the expectation is that you win it all again. And if you don't, you're you're not meeting expectations. It's just like people always want more, right? And that's so it's you know it's it's important to just like you said, set goals, um, make sure they're realistic goals as well. You know, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily say that somebody's goals should be win series MVP and win championship. That's, you know, that's a really, really tough goal. And yes, I was able to accomplish that. But like I've said before, I had to get pretty lucky along the way in multiple spots. Like I may very well never do it again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but your goal, in my opinion, should be, and, and what's really my goal with the game typically is going into any game, any match, just play well, just play your best, have a game plan and just, you know, try and try and execute um, the way you need to, because at the end of the day, you know, you're, you, you can't win every game in this game. That's just not how magic works. There are plenty of unwinnable games and it's really important to not um, get down on yourself when, when, when you're, you know, losing those games. So um, that, that's, that's, I think a, a pretty big thing. Yeah, I love to just, like, uh, there's a real spirit there, I think, that when you see players who, like, you know, you're talking about your finals match against, um, against Hobbs, right? Like, yeah, the, the two of you are, like, longtime veterans of, of various circuits and have, have played, both played Pro Tours, um, yeah. both with some really, really great finishes. And I think something that really I found from, from, you know, uh, interact with you or the circles around like you guys uh, and more so with Hobbs. I worked with him for, for a bit back on the SCG tour, but um, just that energy of positivity towards like the grind and just engaging with it, like uh, entirely. Uh, you spoke a lot during this interview about like having that network of people that yeah. you can, can work with and how even yeah. some of them came from just being opponents of yours in high leverage spots, right? Like yep. Sarah being someone uh, he played in the finals of, of the first event of the year. Um, and, and that being just such a, like the, the reason those connections are made being so linked to just showing up, trying your best. And like, you know, Sometimes you have the results, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get to play against that player or watch that player play and, like, ask them why they did something during that match. Like, actually just showing up, being involved, and being part of the scene really is just, like, step one to having that network and being able to take that shot. Like, I, I see it, it I, especially, like, it's it's really cool, especially from my position for the first time, really, as, like, an East Coast player being outside of the most, like, prominent scene in the U.S., yeah. Like the energies are too much for me to get to. Whereas before sure. like the SCGs, no matter what, I'd hit like four or five yep. uh, a season just because they were all like sub four hour drives for me. You privileged um, children. It really, oh, oh, <laughs> God, it's so good. So yeah. good for so long. But seeing from the outside, I get to see like these squads, these two or three, four or five players start to to really, you know, push each other to grow. And, and it really, I think especially for players who are, you know, the players who might have started playing over COVID or reconnected with Magic over COVID and started wanting to take it more competitively, especially seeing things like the Energy Series, uh, you know, hearing stories like yours, getting back to the Pro Tour after, uh, after what, you said it was seven years? Yeah. yeah. My, my queue, I, I queued in Dallas. I'm playing also Chicago because I had to defer. Nice. But that's 
set, it's like six and a half years that I'm actually playing yeah. the, the PT for my last one too. So I know what that feeling is, but it's really yeah. to to get a chance to to relive that or re-engage that and see it all in the same way so many years removed starts with just, you know, the fact I know all these names, the people who are always at the yeah. top towards the leaderboard comes from the fact that that I do that. And really anyone could, you know, if, if you spend the time and you, and you try to engage and you, you come in showing that you want to get better and you're, you're providing that value to, to the people around you too. And just trying to, to make those connections nine out of 10 times people respond well to that. So yep. really great to hear that. That's, that's the spirit really uh, feeling that yeah. makes me want to go get some plane tickets to, to some energies. Maybe if, uh, if time works out after yeah the man it, i i would i would highly recommend it it's really a really fun series and you know, i i i fully expect that it will continue to grow and uh, i do think i do think it's a it's a pretty highly competitive circuit i really do i think the uh you know i i think the the top tables are are filled with a lot of very good players uh at any given event i don't know about you abe but uh this the 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 most recent PT quali- qualification for me means a lot more than the than the first ones did. <laughs> I'm 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 really I'm really excited about this one. Um, when I qualified yeah. for my first one, I think I was like 19 or something, and at the time I didn't even know what the Pro Tour was. I literally just went to a tournament with I've I've alluded to him once already. I went with uh, Dewey Vu. He just like asked me at a local FNM if I wanted to go to a t- <clears throat> go to a tournament on a Saturday and I was like, Oh sure, man, I'll go. And I didn't even know it was a, a PTQ until after I won the tournament. And then that was, that was the, the start of my, my PT. Those are my days. favorite old school PTQ story. stories. Like, yeah, dude. The number of people who have those probably in the meanwhile, like, you know, I had to, I had, to, I thought it was like, I didn't even know how many PTQs before I got my first invite. Like, okay. That's so <laughs> funny, man. Yeah. For, for me, it was, yeah, I mean, it's for, for anyone who knows me, it's like it's kind of fitting. I, I'm kind of aloof about many things some of the time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it, it was obviously really cool um, to, to to qualify and, and do it that young. But, you know, at, at the same time, I, I definitely was not like ready for what I was getting into. You know, I, I had no at that time. I had like no network at all. So I, I didn't really test with anybody. Um and getting cards was a huge issue for me. Uh, so because it was block constructed, people didn't really have block constructed decks. Uh, so you know, just like this 19-year-old kid trying to figure out how to like first build a block constructed deck. I'd like figure out a deck that I thought made sense, um, and then getting the cards and and all that was was pretty tough. And then obviously the the level of competition, nothing nothing really. Really, FNM does not quite prepare you for for a pro tour. Um, so, you know, it's uh, I, I played against a lot of big names at my first PT. I think I played against uh, Brad Nelson. I played against Rob Marr, and I played against um, Gosh, why am I blanking on him? A really good Brazil, uh, Paulo uh, Vita de Rosa. Um, and so, just, just one of the goats. Yeah, just just one of one of the best, just, one of the best just ever. The goat. Just the Le- the LeBron yeah. James of Magic. Yeah, d- yeah, definitely, definitely up there. If if he's not that, he's certainly in the argument. But uh, yeah, anyway, you know, it just so you know, it's uh, but like we were talking about having having that network is is really important. And uh, yeah, um, anyway, I, I'm just I'm I'm very very excited to to play it. You know that that clip that you're referring to a lot of the. 
you know, me, me putting my hands on my head and, and the reaction is like, you know, it's, this is, this is really happening. I qualified for the pro tour again. Dude, it, it's been a long wait, but <laughs> that's so funny. Really, really as you were telling the story, uh, as you were telling the story about like him, like making his attacks and stuff like that. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the pro tour. Like, yeah. like it's so funny to me. Cause, uh, I, I really resonate. Man, you're just my people's champion. Because uh, when I when I qualified, I played a Scryland, and I saw that there was a Crater's Claws on top of my deck. Oh yeah. And so I had to wait <laughs> like a full turn cycle. Like, so it I that that moment of anticipation. I like I'm shaking now. Uh, I love That's it, so dude. Funny, I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah those those moments those. I, I I wish I could live in them for a little bit longer. Sometimes in the moment, Do I'm like, you? my heart's no, pounding. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but, nah, because here's the thing, Spencer. Every time you go back to live in, every, when you live in them, and after when you qualify, it's so good. You like, I don't know. It's it's like being in the eye of the storm. Because on the other side, it's just so. It's where you start to realize. It's that's like, a really it's like good. Real. Yeah, it's a really that good was comparison. Like, <laughs> that was like because I, I don't know. Think about mine. Like my dreams, my three pro tours. Like my first one, it was just like. Everything was. I was playing a rally mirror, and then like I, on game two, I just like slam it at Fenza. They don't have a reflector mage, and I'm like, "This is, this is it. We're riding it out. We're good." Uh, and like, I don't know. The moment when you shake the hand, when you know you're gonna get to shake the hand. Oh, I always God, said there yes. needs to be more actual pop offs in MTG. For what it's worth, like I know people are like, "Oh no, it's BM." I'm like, "No, it's not." Like, think of how many yeah. hours of blood, sweat, and tears. Like, like. Steven, you've probably put it into this game. Like you just said, it's been seven years since your last Pro Tour. Like seven years since my last Pro Tour, yeah, and now I, just I, pop I, I stream. Game. I've been streaming for two <laughs> years, so I play Magic. You know, seven hours a day, five days a week. So you know, yeah, you do the math. It's uh, and then I play obviously when I'm not streaming too. Uh, yeah, it's uh, to say I've dedicated my life to to Magic: The Gathering would would almost be an understatement uh, to to some degree. Um, you know, I, I really I really do love the game. Um, I, I, I have a really, really good time playing it. I, I enjoy it typically quite a bit and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it is really, really cool to, uh, to have all that, all that work, um, pay off and, and get to get to play in, you know, one of, one of the biggest tournaments, um, outside of worlds, it's, it's the biggest thing you can play in. So ultimately that, that is my goal is to someday play at worlds. So. Yeah. So, so I was going to ask as my as as my kind of final question here um, was going to be you know obviously you've had like 2023 for you in the RG series and everything probably going to be a hard one to top. It will be um, yep. in terms of goals, right? Like to 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 do both, right? Like you have to you have to play really well and and run pretty pretty good to get a chance to even win the leaderboard, and the same yep. thing to win a 16 minute tournament of that caliber. Um, yep. So yeah, with a Pro Tour absolutely. invite to start your year, right? Just end of February, playing playing Chicago. What's your goal to move forward in in twenty twenty four? What is it that you're that you're shooting for? Well, you know my my most immediate goal is day two, day two of the Pro Tour. My first two Pro Tours, the the first one I qualified for, I actually three five. I was I was very close to to day twoing that one, and then my second one was a train wreck. I o five, um, and dropped after that, um. So I, I, you know, my, my goal for myself is to, uh, to hopefully day two this one, but like I said, you know, play, play well. I mean, that at the end of the day, the, the thing that you can control when you play this game is, is you play well, you know, and hopefully 
hopefully everything else will fall into place. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to have, to have a team for this one. Um, we're going to, going to have like a, a draft house or whatever for a week. Um, and I think that will help me a lot. Um, that has definitely been, uh, my weaker, my weaker points so far at the PTA. I think I'm one in five in draft. So have not been, not been good in limited at the PT. I will say I have improved a lot at limited since then. I think I became a much better limited player over COVID because I did just all sorts of drafting on arena during that time. Um, and obviously, you know, arena drafts are not the pro tour, but, um, I, I do think just like my knowledge of how limited works is much, much deeper than it was at that time. Um, and, and so I, I, you know, I, I believe that I'm, I'm capable of, of day twoing a, a pro tour certainly. And, and, you know, I, I do believe that I am capable of, you know, hopefully top eighting a pro tour, but a lot of, a lot of things will have to break my way, obviously again, like they have in some of these other, other tournaments, but, um, you know, I, I, I do have a lot of confidence that, that I can, I can do well. So, um, I'm, I'm greatly looking forward to it and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real opportunity that I'm, I'm excited to have. Well, uh, anything you want to say before we, we let you go? Uh, you know, just, uh, thank, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Like I said, when you guys, uh, do, uh, post this, make sure you let me know so I can give you guys a shout out. Um, and you know, I've I've alluded to it a few times. I do stream weekly. If if anyone ever wants to check it out, I usually do Pioneer and Modern mostly. Um, I'll be mostly focused on Modern and Pioneer, especially uh, leading up to RC Denver and um, and the Pro Tour. Um, the Swish Gaming on on Twitch. Uh, if, if anyone wants to check it out, um, but uh, yeah, no. Other than that. Um, I greatly appreciate you guys for having me on. Like I said, um, thanks to those that are giving this a listen. Um, and yeah, like I said, you know, at the end of the day, all the, the biggest thing that you can control in this game is just, you know, how you play and, and how, like, you know, you alluded earlier to, uh, to, to the mental, like, you know, can control your thoughts too. Like it's, it's important to stay calm and just, just try and try and play your best. And I think ultimately that's, that's one of the most important things. Um, and that, that has definitely been part of the reason for, for my success this year is, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at, at staying cool under, under pressure. Um, and I think I'm typically pretty good at, at, at playing pretty reasonably. So, um, yeah. Well, Steven, I love to have you on. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I'll make sure that our, our, our listeners are cheering for you at the pro tour. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Me guys. First, yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, We'll see you in Chicago, Abe. Dude, Abe, that was a fun interview. It really was. Uh, Steven is like, and has always been like a pretty, I would say, silently positive force in the Magic community in, in terms of like, you know, every time, every time I've seen him at a Magic event, I've seen him smiling. And uh, I feel like it really came through in, in that. And then, you know, uh, yeah, you you refer to him a lot as your your people's champion. Uh, at least the NRG series there, That's and, how it and he felt, really man. That's how it felt. Yeah. What What's so funny is I really feel like you know when you when somebody's really passionate something. This is something that we talk about like a lot. This is something that I talk about a lot in 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 the job that I do uh, in in product management. Is that when you 
find the thing that you're passionate about, right? And like the thing that that you that gives you drive, um, especially in like my line of work, um, it makes it not feel like work. Like like going to work is the exciting thing, and like there are so many people who burn themselves out just like in magic in my job, and he he like. You can, it is contagious. You could feel it. Like I would want to be on a testing team with Steven. Like that, that would be like, you, you could feel his, it's not, it's not like the same thing of like, oh, this person's like good at magic. It's like, he's going to bring that level of energy to try and lift up others around him. And I, I don't know. It was a really good interview. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely cements the idea to me that we should just try to have the NRG player of the year on uh, every year. That's yeah, I agree. Uh, if you want to ask a question uh, to guests like Steven, you go to patreon.com slash ccmpg. We, in the Discord, uh, patrons of $5 or more get asked, you know, every time we have a guest, what do you want us to ask this person? Um, and then another way to support the show is to head on over to the YouTube uh, video. Um, you know, there, there were some good comments this week. One of them was about doing it for the otters. And I just, you know, I appreciate that. Because the otters are great, Abe. I think I mean, you're right. It. I, um, it was really funny this this week. Adrian in the Discord was like, "Spencer, if I hit the like button and comment today, what happens? Like, what animal am I helping?" And I was like, "Oh, like obviously, a baby otter will get a hold of his mother's hand for the first time." And I just I, it worked, man. Like we got eleven likes compared to like our normal four likes when I tweeted that. So. You better start thinking of more animals, man. I, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a little something happening here. Well, I'm just saying, like today, t- today, uh, you you save a you you. Uh, I don't know. I'll figure it out later. I you got you, I, you gotta you gotta understand that like we have a special bond with animals on the show. Apparently, that if you leave a like, things like that could happen. You know, who knows? We worked next? it out with Big Kangaroo. Yeah. That this episode, if you like and comment. Uh, you don't have to subscribe, by the way. We're just asking you to like and comment. You can you can not like if you want, but if you do, a Joey gets to gets to get in a pouch for the first time. Well, that's just great. That can't be true though, because they, if, if that doesn't happen, I mean that you're putting it, kangaroos in danger by not doing that. Abe, you do know that that they live there while they're pregnant. Well, like they get born and then oh, they, they get, get oh, back. it's gonna jump back in for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I you would not you have actually, to actually a, a Joey gets to get out of the pouch for the first time. Oh, gets to How's see that? the world? Yeah. Gets oh, man. to gets to yeah. spread its big springy legs. The other way, I mean, and you can leave awesome comments like with scam returning, why isn't scales a better deck in the meta? Um, that's a good question. Uh I I think that, that last week we talked a lot about data and like a lot about the different things. And I made a pretty strong statement on the show about like, hey, I think there's like four good decks. I think the rest of them are not reasonable decks at this point. And the data does say that like they are substantially better than the other decks. I don't think that that doesn't mean that like skills isn't good or that like Merktide isn't good. Like they are good decks. I was trying to emphasize like the the delta between decks and modern that hasn't happened since, like, the days of Deathrite Shaman. Like, it's just been a long time since decks had that kind of delta. And I, I do think that Scales actually is a good deck. Yeah, I think Scales is well within the bounds of a reasonable deck in the meta. I think that what's going to keep it from coming back, 
in a way that it was before is that one of the things that set scales apart was its ability to be a creature deck that was pretty resilient to fury by way of how many onboard tricks it had with like uh ravager and scales itself and it played really well off the top which is good against scam um but i think that with the prevalence of the one ring it, out of the the control decks as well as uh like yogmoth and also i think to an extent rhinos being decks that just like Yogmoth, something you don't really have many good methods of interaction with, which is a really hard place to be in. And Rhinos just has the potential to kind of play your game faster than you. Like it, an interactive spell or two on your things before they can start spiraling out of control. And 10 power is like kind of hard because the scales deck really thrives on having time to develop, like, uh, like it does, and is really resilient to removal. Whereas I don't think that that's necessarily how the games are currently being settled. So I think that's why Scales isn't necessarily a better deck. Like it does gain, like one of its better matchups, it is a hard deck for Scam to beat, but, uh, and Scam is on the rise. But I think that so many other decks that are already up there are some of the harder ones. You're not necessarily feeling like it's a home run every time. When Scales was on the rise previously, it was like Scam was. 25% of any field you were playing or more and uh, Scales was like lights out against that deck and good against the other things. Now it's kind of like, okay, you've got another like good deck in the metagame you're good against, but you're still struggling at some of the the, the top stuff or it's not so good that it's worth the the decks where you're really um, playing from behind. So like it's still a reasonable deck. It's still one I I would register if it was what I had and what I felt good playing. I think it's still got a lot of game. Uh, It's still absolutely a playable modern deck by all stretches but i don't think i'd see it have the same kind of rise it did you know two and a half months ago um to to be like in the conversation is like oh this is a deck you gotta make sure like it's a really good meta meta call you should be playing it 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 doesn't have that that same kind of kind of right now that is going to do it for this week's episode thank you so much uh to steven for coming on we really appreciate it um shout out to mason who wasn't able uh, to make it today, dealing with some family stuff. Uh, don't forget, you can join the Patreon Discord. Uh, get you know, get a lot of benefits like being able to ask questions to Stephen, uh, seeing, getting input on even our content and stuff like that. So uh, you can also join the public Discord for Easy Game Media. Both those links are just uh, available, I think, in the show notes uh, or just at constructivecriticism.com. One of the best ways to support the show though is just to like, subscribe, comment, things like that. Uh, and then you can follow us on Twitter at CCMTG. Uh, where can people find you, Abe? People can find me over at uh, twitter.com slash more nothings. Uh, I've said this before, but I'm currently uh, on on coaching hiatus through just like the Pro Tour and the RC. I just have a lot on my plate. So if you're someone who's interested in coaching, especially in dates starting in like uh, March or or later, you can let me know. But um, otherwise, I would suggest that you reach out to uh, to Mason or Spencer or whoever's your flavor, or join the Patreon Discord, and you can you can get some stuff there. But that's that's me. Uh, yeah, so definitely don't reach out to me. I'm not accepting people for coaching right now. I've already reached out to everybody who I am coaching, so there shouldn't be any shock to people that like you know kind of moving my stuff around, making sure that uh, with my new job that I am able to support the people that like help support me. You know while while I was in between jobs and uh, but Mason, uh, I know that he 
has a little bit of stuff available before the RC, uh, but he should open up a little bit more after after the uh, the RC in Denver. So uh, check him out. Uh, uh, shoot him an email and just title it coaching. Uh, what'd you learn on this week's show, Ed? Alan Mason always wins. Look at this. He's he's getting all the <laughs> he'll get all the coaching. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I thought it was really really interesting to a learn that Steven is a uh, another player who, like myself, like had that big gap between PT invites and got to earn his um, recently, and and really getting to share in that was was a really cool thing. So I know exactly how that feels, um, at least from from my perspective. Like I I know how big that can feel, and, and it's really good to feel that. I also have that story about him just like winning his first PTQ without knowing it was a PTQ. It, it astounds me. Like that blows my mind. That was like. I realize this thing that could happen to people. I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that was that was some cool stuff. It was cool to get to know him a little bit better than uh, than I had from the years of of playing SCGs and seeing him at events and stuff. Uh, and, and and getting to like I said, by the end of it, it's hard not to not to root for him as a player. Uh, he's really a player. That, player. That's my biggest learning. Is like I know who I'm rooting for, uh, other than Abbott that's coming for a tour. I, I just think that like you know. We we get to do the show and we get to talk to so many amazing people and everybody's magic journey is so different from each other's and then but you have those moments um, like the one that we talked about on the show today like you talked about your rally moment he talked about his blocking situation at, at this event I, I talked about my creators closet and it's like we we share this thing that nobody else can understand it feels like like trying to explain that moment to somebody else, it's, it's pretty difficult if they if they haven't been in it before. And it just, I don't know, it brought me a lot closer to Steven, who I'd, I'd never met before doing the podcast with him, but also, like, just the magic community in general. It, it's so easy for us to, like, you know, tear each other down and, like, get involved in whatever the, the current Twitter drama is of the week. But at the end of the day, like, we're all, you know, in the competitive scene, really trying to fight to for the same goal. And... Uh, you know, to be the best magic players that we could be in it. It's just really cool. Magic owns. That's what I learned this week. Magic undefeated. Yeah. Best game of all time. I love it. Thank you everybody so much for listening. We'll see you guys on next time with another episode of Constructed Criticism. Magic.